the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a glorious morning to you. Thank you for joining us at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is a Wednesday. Might not feel like that yet, but it's hump day already. Of course, we have the short week thanks to the Independence Day weekend. Once again, let me remind you that is our Independence Day that we celebrated on uh, Monday. A lot of people don't like the idea of that independence. A lot of people don't like the idea of celebrating it, and they did not, as a matter of fact, for that reason. Today, though, we're going to remind people how important our independence is. It is the sixth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. certainly appreciate you uh, being a part of our show today. So coming up on the program, uh, we've got a lot more time to hear from you today than we have had in recent days. We've had a lot of guests. I mean, I want to say in like three out of the last four live shows, not counting Monday's best of show as we celebrated our independence, otherwise known as our liberty. I think in like three out of the four, last four, four out of the last five, we've had four guests, uh, at least three in all of those, and we've just been slammed and not a ton of time for you to get in with your perspective on these things. So today, we are cutting it down just a little bit in an hour. We're going to talk to J.D. Vance. We haven't talked to J.D. since his victory 
over Josh Mandel, Mike Gibbons, Matt Dolan, and others in that uh, very hotly contested Republican primary for the Senate seat held by uh, Rob Portman. So we have it now, though, however. Excuse me, we have him, rather, J.D. Vance. We're going to have him on at 1010, and he's going to respond to a couple of things. First of all, Joe Biden's going to be in town, uh, and uh, he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about Biden, but we're going to ask him about Tim Ryan, too. We're going to talk about some very serious attack ads being run by the Ryan campaign and his associates and allies. And we're going to uh, talk about, well, law enforcement. It's particularly important today, um, the issue of uh, law enforcement is, because uh, of a couple of items that are going on in the uh, in the country. And, um, okay, that, that noise has got to stop now sometime soon. Um so uh, there's a couple of issues, obviously, including an attack ad that suggests that J.D. Vance wanted to defund um, uh, police officers and that Tim Ryan is the loyal supporter of police officers. That's uh, essentially what has been said. And uh, we're going to let him respond to that coming up at 1010. Then at 1110, we'll talk to Neil McCabe as we do each and every uh, Wednesday. Uh, he is, of course, a reporter for the Ohio Star, and he's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on in Columbus and around the state. So we've got J.D. Vance and we've got Neil McCabe. Other than that, lots of time for you, especially here in the first hour. So write down the number if you have forgotten it or if you have misplaced it. Save it. Uh, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers brings you here. And uh, you can also leave a message for us on the sound off button on the alwayswrite.us page, alwayswrite.us. Now, before we get into the news of the day, the most important things that we have to discuss, I'm going to ask you to rise as the patriot that you are. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your heart. I'm going to ask you to pledge your allegiance to the flag that represents this glorious republic. That's right, with pride. And with liberty, and I don't know why this is making all kinds of noise, but it's driving me nuts. Uh, let's see if we can turn that down in order to give you our Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, if you are a believer in what Brandon is selling when he comes to Cleveland today, then you have no idea what that flag represents anyway. I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, but first, for the uh, and if you're a believer, of course, you know where you can go, right? You can go right over there and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback, preferably in another country. For those of us who believe in this one, however... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all Sometimes the AI that we surround ourselves with, I mean, seriously, artificial intelligence, you know, hey, Google, tell me that. Hey, Alexa, tell me this. Hey, Siri, tell me that. Sometimes they just are uh, uh, a little bit too sensitive and a little bit annoying, and that's exactly what happened here. And I've got them all yelling at me, all of these devices here, because they've got something to say. So apologies for that. Now let's dive into this. Uh, I want to start this morning, and there are a number of things. Like I said, Joe Biden is coming to Cleveland, and I hope somebody has the ability to ask him this question. Why are you selling America's strategic petroleum reserve oil to foreign countries? You didn't know that, did you? A lot of people didn't know that. I just found that out. That's how I know not too many people knew as well. Joe Biden is selling America's reserve oil to foreign countries as Americans pay nearly five bucks a gallon for gas. Diesel, our truckers, are paying six dollars a gallon for gas. We are in a crisis 
of epic proportions when it comes to our energy, the worst since the Carter years in the late 1970s, and he's taking our strategic petroleum reserve, which is supposed to be kept on reserve in the event of a time of war. In the event of a time where we are in desperate straits, we cannot produce any more energy. We cannot drill. We cannot pump. We cannot refine. We cannot do any of those things. This is what will keep us alive. First of all, he's using it with a million barrels a day here in the United States as his half-cocked answer to how do we get the gas prices down. It's ridiculous. It's dangerous. It's unnecessary. It's as financial planners will tell you, like spending money out of your 401k rather than getting a job and spending money that you earn each day. This is our 401k. This is our emergency. This is, this is, this is oil that's not supposed to be touched except for literally wartime or warlike emergencies. He's using it here like it's, like I said, like it's no big deal. And now we find out he's literally shipping it overseas to Europe and to Asia and maybe even directly to communist China. This is not a joke. We're going to talk about that story coming up. And I'm going to ask uh, J.D. Vance about that as well. Meanwhile, the White House continues to defend pressure that Biden is putting on gas stations, telling them this is a time of war. He understands it's a time of war when he wants to blame the oil companies and the gas stations, telling them it's your patriotic duty to lower your prices as I attempt to put you out of business forever. Remember, that is like literally what he said. So they continue to do that. Um, I want to get into each of those stories, and I've got several more, but I can't get into it at the moment because I really, really want to talk about um, America's Second Amendment and our ability to defend defend ourselves um, as our founding fathers had envisioned. Now, what I'm going to play for you is going to be hard for you to hear because it's MSNBC. It's going to be twice as hard for you to hear because it's Joe Scarborough. Uh, and it's going to be even more hard for you to hear because you're not going to understand a, a bit of what this overly melodramatic piece of blank um, is actually saying here. He's going to tell you a whole bunch of lies about why Americans believe in the Second Amendment, about why the Founding Fathers gave us the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. He's going to tell you a whole bunch of lies. He's going to do it in a very slow, melodramatic fashion. And then I'm going to destroy it because you need to hear that. Uh, so this is Joe Scarborough yesterday on MSNBC lamenting the violent culture of guns in the United States. Listen. Years from- By the way, I beg pardon. I said MSNBC, I think. No, it is MSNBC. I was about to say, I think this is on regular NBC, but I was wrong. It is still MSNBC. Here we go. Now, I can't even imagine what will be written about this time and about a small, paranoid group of people who believe they need weapons of war defend off the government. This is why the paranoid say they need these. Or to prepare for the apocalypse. It's not to defend their homes. It's not to defend their businesses. These weapons of war were designed to kill human beings. And you see what happens there. What ha- What's happened it's been happening now for 10, 15 years where America's streets are turned into killing fields. America's 
churches turned into killing fields. America's schools, where we send our babies, turned into killing fields. They are unspeakable horrors. And the tragedies, these tragedies that keep coming at us and are not going to stop until Congress gets serious, they're avoidable. That's the greatest tragedy of all. You you can almost hear the him trying to force some crocodile tears. You could almost right? I mean toward the very end there, you know, as the pauses got longer and more dramatic and the voice got a little bit shakier. He was trying so hard to cry on TV, like actors do. Actors are amazing by the way when they can cry on command. He tried to force some crocodile tears, but he couldn't even make that happen. Because he knows for the for the the most part that literally everything he just said is wrong. It's a lie. It is a part of his left-wing political agenda and nothing more. Let's break that down literally line by line because that's why I want to, that's what I want you to understand. He said, I can't years from now I can't even imagine what will be written about this time and about a small paranoid group of people who believe they need weapons of war. First of all, it's not a small paranoid group of people. Do you have any earthly idea how many people in the United States are gun owners? There's 330 million people in the United States and most of them are gun owners. More than 50% of them, not counting children, of course, talking about adults. They're gun owners. It's not a small group of people, and they're not paranoid. What they are is protective. And again, he likes to phrase this, uh, you know, as the left does, weapons of war to fend off the government. He said, it's why the paranoid say they need these, or to prepare for the apocalypse. It's not to defend their homes. It's not to defend their businesses. These weapons of war were designed to kill human beings. Let's break that down. It is absolutely to fend off the government. Did you not learn anything from two days ago? Did you learn nothing from Independence Day? We celebrate July 4th every year because of July 4th, 1776, and the declaration of this nation being born and our willingness to fight the war against the government. That was so oppressive that did not allow the people in the colonies to be free. That is exactly what we did. And we couldn't do it without, quote-unquote, weapons of war. It's why the founders, seeing how the country was born, being responsible for how the country was born, said that this is exactly what the people need in case the, uh, the government goes off the rails again, like the British government did. That's number one. It is to defend against the government. Number two, when he says it's not to defend their homes, it's not to defend their businesses, again, I ask you, what evidence are you basing that upon? Because do you have any uh, earthly idea how many rifles are indeed used for home defense? Millions of them. Millions of them, and millions of them are not used to commit crimes. In fact, a very tiny scintilla of the weapons of war, which you like to call semi-automatic rifles, a, a scintilla of a percentage, and I'm talking about less than one If you count all of the rifles that are, that are kept in the homes of Americans or in the possession of Americans, less than 1%, less than 1% of 1% of 1%, if I had to do it, 
are used in murders. These weapons of war were designed to kill human beings, he said. Yeah, you're right. That is exactly what they're designed for, and it's exactly what we want them for. But not to kill innocent human beings, but to kill human beings who are trying to kill us. That's what they were designed for. He went on to say, and you see, Scarborough here essentially just laid out the entire American left's argument against guns and against Second Amendment, the Second Amendment. So I, I want to deconstruct it fully before we move on. He said, and you see what happens there. What's happened? It's been happening now for 10, 15 years, where America's streets are turned into killing fields, America's churches, America's schools turned into killing fields. No, actually it's not. Because do you know, once again, statistics matter here, an overwhelming majority of the shootings and the homicides by gunfire committed in the United States of America are not these quote-unquote weapons of war. They're handguns. Handguns, which the overwhelming majority of the American people own. Handguns are the preferred weapon of choice when it comes to homicides. They're also the preferred weapon of choice when it comes to defending one's home, family, and property against those who are homicide-minded. It's not the rifles, it's the handgun. So when are you coming for those now, Joe, in the American left? And then finally, and this is the reason I wanted to do this segment, when I heard him say this, Quote, they are, they are unspeakable horrors and the tragedies, these tragedies that keep coming at us and are not going to stop until Congress gets serious, they're avoidable. That's the greatest tragedy of all. They're avoidable, he says. Joe Scarborough, representative and voice of the American left here, you tell me how they're avoidable. If you say confiscate all guns and make them illegal... And you think that is how uh, uh, gun homicides, gun crimes would be avoidable? That I would, and then I would very respectfully ask you this: Do we not confiscate fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, marijuana? Do we not confiscate it everywhere we find it? Have we not made those things illegal? The answer to those questions are yes and yes. We confiscate it, and we made it illegal. Do you think that those things are still readily available on America's streets? I would simply ask you to look at the record number of overdoses. Look at the record number of people dying with those drugs in their systems. You see, outlawing something does not make it unable to be acquired. And since criminals don't really concern themselves too much with laws, it's what makes them criminals, they're not going to respect your we banned assault weapons or we banned all guns. Because you've already banned a lot of other things that they're not supposed to have, and yet they have them anyway. It's what makes a criminal a criminal. What you want is to create a soft target of 330 million Americans who can't defend themselves. Your understanding of the U.S. Constitution is laughable. Your understanding of the Second Amendment is embarrassing. The fact that you used to be in Congress, Joe Scarborough, and now you're spewing this this 
so easily disprovable tripe on live television, live television trying to influence the tens of people who watch MSNBC, that is unconscionable. And I'm not even done. I'm, I'm just scratching the surface. We've got a lot more for you, but it's 925. Always right radio on AM 1420. The answer right back. So I want to give you one more quick audio clip here of somebody who is just as maniacal, uh, just as, as, as loony as Joe Scarborough. This is the mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Mayor Jim Kenney, who is, I mean, a certifiable loon in his own right and has proven to be so. Do you remember his dance and song that he did when he and his uh, city council were successful in declaring Philadelphia to be a sanctuary city for illegal aliens? You remember that? Well, this is that nut. There were two police officers who were shot in Philadelphia on uh, the 4th of July. No one talked about it. Joe Biden didn't talk about it. No one. No one cares. Police officers getting killed, that's not a story. We have to focus on the guy with the weapon of war in Highland Park. We have to talk about the story in Akron in which the police officers shot somebody who was shooting at them. But at any rate, here's Jim Kenney. Now, if I had the ability to take care of guns, I would. But the legislature won't let us. The U.S. Congress won't let us. Um, the governor does the best that he can. Our attorney general does the best that he can. But this is a gun country. It's crazy. We're the most armed country in world history, and we're one of the least safest. So, you know, until Americans decide that they want to give up the guns and give up the opportunity to get guns, we're going to have this problem. This is the mayor of the fifth largest city in America, Philadelphia, and one of its most violent, too, um, who says that it we can't do anything because the legislator won't let us, the Congress won't let us. We're a gun country crazy. We're the most armed country in the world and one of the least safest. So until Americans decide they want to give up their guns and give up the opportunity to get guns, we're going to have this problem. To which I would say it's not the Congress that isn't letting you. This isn't the legislature. It's the Constitution that says that you cannot force people to give up their guns. It's the Constitution. And they said that because they recognized the reality that power corrupts. And when a government gets too powerful, and instead of working for the people, and instead dictates to the people, the people need recourse. They need an available option to reclaim the liberty that they were gifted by the blood and the sacrifice of all of those who fought to cast off the British crown and all of those who have fought to keep that liberty and independence ever since. Let's take a look around the world, and we'll do that after the break. Let's take a look around the world at some of the countries that have been forced to give up the guns, to give up the opportunity to get guns. And let's look at the state of the populations in those countries. Then tell me why we should push in our country to become like those. News time now, always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. America from its woke slumber. 
Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 938 Always Right Radio is also online at alwaysright.us. I want to, before I get into the other aspect of the guns that I was just talking about, this is this is kind of another uh, headline, I suppose, uh, that, that that is tied into this. Um, Governor J.B. J. Pritzker in Illinois um, has been making a lot of news because of his comments after the terrible shooting on on uh, on Independence Day Monday. Uh, the Highland Park uh, suburb of Chicago, of course, uh, had its Fourth of July Day parade uh, interrupted by gunfire from a very disturbed uh, and mentally. Uh, I don't even know what to, how to describe uh, Cremo, Robert Cremo, the. Uh, individual who was uh, who has been arrested for those for those terrible shootings, but anyway, J.B. Pritzker went on, of course, not to talk about the obvious mental health, not to talk about what drove and drives people to commit these terrible things. Of course, he focuses on the gun, and declared that the founding fathers never would have wanted us to have weapons of war. All they had was muskets, and that's all they said people could have. Well, of course, at the time, muskets were weapons of war. That is exactly what the people were supposed to have, is whatever they needed if they had to fight a war against their own government or uh, aggression from outside of their country. So anyway, J.B. Pritzker went off on on blaming guns for everything. And that led to Bill O'Reilly, whom you hear every day at the end of this show, at 11.45 every day. Bill O'Reilly went off on J.B. Pritzker, pointing out the hypocrisy, the rank hypocrisy of this governor screaming about guns being responsible for uh, you know these homicides, and never taking ownership of the largest city in his state, the third largest city in the country, never taking ownership of the extraordinary number of people shot every single week in the city of Chicago. And O'Reilly laid it out for Pritzker as to why he refuses. He'll talk about the guns when there's a shooting like the one in Highland Park, but he won't even talk at all about the horrific violence in Chicago that is literally 52 weeks a year. Pretty much 24-7, but mostly on the weekends, 52 weekends per year. Listen to O'Reilly. You, JB, are not going to stop loons, and you won't stop crime, drug crime, drug gangs, because they're minority gangs. That's why you won't stop them, you phony. You aid and abet this murder in Chicago every blanking day. You. Don't be sanctimonious with me. So Bill O'Reilly kind of going viral for that viral attack on J.B. Pritzker. And just to give you a little bit of information, because, again, they're talking about the guns, 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 weapons of war. The overwhelming majority of the guns responsible for murders, or rather the people, the overwhelming number of guns that are used by the people responsible. I'm not going to get fall into that leftist word trap and say the guns are responsible. They're not. The people are. But the overwhelming number of people responsible are using handguns. And what O'Reilly just said is spot on. What O'Reilly just pointed out is that the overwhelming number of shootings in Chicago, more than any other city, are... Black gangs shooting other black gangs. He said minority. Okay, fine, mix in some other minority gangs. But yes, an overwhelming number of the shootings in Chicago, which is in the city of Illinois, which is governed by our state of Illinois, which is governed by J.B. Pritzker, they are black or they are minority gangs. Shooting one another and killing untold numbers of innocent people in the crossfire. He 
is that he does nothing about it, never even mentions it. But you get a shooting in Highland Park from a white, mentally deranged kid from a rooftop, and it's, oh, we've got to get the weapons of war off the street. The founding fathers wouldn't have wanted this. And when I tell you that it's 52 weekends a year, when I tell you that it is almost 24-7, um, there's, a, there's a way to check that. In the city of Chicago, a person is shot every two hours and 39 minutes. A person is shot and killed, a fatal shooting, every 13 hours and two minutes in the year 2022. That's just the 2022 shot clock. In the month of July to date, and remember, this is only July 6th, 83 people in Chicago have been shot and wounded. 17 have been shot and killed. A grand total of 100 people shot in six days in Chicago. Chicago. Just Chicago. Where's the press conference for this? When is Lori Lightfoot going to be held to account for that? When is J.B. Pritzker going to explain this? That's just in July. For the summer, as they call, they refer to it as the summer of joy, from May 27th uh, through, well, this is going to be up to, this is just through now, because they, they call the summer session from, uh, from May 27th to September 6th. So the numbers I'm about to give you are from May 27th through today, July, uh, July 6th. There have been 428 people shot and wounded this summer in Chicago. 94 shot and killed. Grand total of 522 people shot in Chicago since May 27th. This is July 6th. And if you want to go year to date, Chicago gun crime, 2022. Are you ready? Since January 1st. There have been 1,374 people shot and wounded. 314 shot and killed. That's a grand total of 1,688 people shot in the city of Chicago just in this calendar year alone. Chicago is a death factory. And it's not because of weapons of war. It's not because of rifles. And it's not because of white privilege. And it's not because of toxic masculinity. It's because Chicago refuses, and so does J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, which is what O'Reilly just said, refuses to address the fact that if they crack down on this, they would have to arrest scores of black gang members, putting them into a criminal justice system with that they don't want them in, because that would be inequitable. The image of Chicago or or Illinois jails and prisons being filled with all of these black gang members is something that they will not tolerate. No. Because it just shows the inequity of the racial ju- or the criminal justice system and its racism. And by the way, JB Pritzker is responsible for the uh, uh, number of criminals who fear no prosecution whatsoever in Chicago and in Illinois in a general sense because he is the one who who, uh, imposed no-cash bail. No-cash bail in Illinois. That's what Pritzker did. So people just, uh, even if I get caught shooting up my rival gang, uh, I'm going to be out tomorrow because I don't have to post any cash. 
They're going to let me go so I can continue to do my thing before uh, my trial. If there is even to be a trial, because they, again, they, they don't they don't arrest the vast majority of them. So all of that is very important to note, as is the following. Going back now to Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney, who said, until Americans decide that they want to give up their guns, we're going to continue to have this problem. So let's talk about what it means to give up your guns. Let's talk about just rejecting the gift that our founders gave us by way of the Second Amendment, to keep and bear arms. This is just a small sampling of the countries that gave up their guns, the citizens who either voluntarily gave them up or their governments forced them to. Red China, communist China, where the people are subjugated to the whims of madmen. They are welded into their homes, their doors welded shut in the face of a pandemic. That was of the Chinese creation, by the way, in Wuhan, but I digress. The people there have no rights whatsoever. None. And they gave up their guns. Russia and the Soviet Union. Need I say more about what has been done to the people in Russia and in all of the Soviet bloc nations during that time? Nazi Germany. First, they made everybody register their weapons so that there was a registry. The Weimar Republic made everybody in Germany register their guns. Then when the Nazis took over, they knew exactly where to go to take away the guns from anybody that might be a problem for them, including and most especially Jews. There was no chance to fight back. None. They were disarmed. East Germany. Fascist Italy, communist Cuba, communist Venezuela, communist Vietnam after the fall of South Vietnam, communist Cambodia under Pol Pot, Laos. Do do you see the, the pattern here? The nations that have given up their guns are the nations filled with people who have been subjugated under their authoritarian governments. They have no freedom. They have no no opportunity to pursue their own dreams. They have no opportunity to create better lives for their children than the adults have had for themselves. They are under the oppressive boot of authoritarian governments. All of them. And this is what the American left wants for this country. Jim Kenney, Joe Scarborough, Joy Reid, Joe Biden, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. This is what they all want. They want us to give up our guns in the interest of public safety so we don't have any more of these mass shootings. Don't worry about what's causing these young, drug-addicted kids, these mentally impaired kids who are doing these terrible crimes. Don't worry about those things. Just take away the guns. Take away the guns from everybody, and we won't have this anymore. No, take away the guns from everybody, and you won't need mass shootings to create hysteria and trauma in the United States. Give away the guns, and the government will do that for you. 216-901-0945. I'll promise I'll go to the phones on AM 1420, The Answer. 
Okay, 9.55. Uh, let's go to uh, BJ calling from North Olmstead. BJ, thanks for your patience. Appreciate that. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Bob, I'm going to lay some heavy stuff on you because at the age I am, I was born the year of, uh, after the Depression. I saw the results of it for 10 years until 1941 when World War II started and, and all the war weapons were being made and people were working. The reason they want to consume, the, take the guns away from the American public is when they force the recession where people will be losing their homes, their jobs, their businesses, what the hell do you think is going to happen with the mentality of the society we have out there now? You think they're going to be patient with it? You think blacks are going to keep shooting blacks or they're going to start shooting white people because they think they're poor because of the white people? The white people are the main target in this country, particularly the successful ones. And, and, and the gun issue is a major issue only in that when they take them away, they will cause a serious recession in this country, and they can't afford to have people that are armed and fighting for their rights to live, and God knows what else will go on. Because if they have a revolution in this country, they will have the one world government they're shooting for. It is the one world government that they're targeting for. And I'd like to hear more from your seniors, because I go to senior centers and I see how concerned they are. There are more seniors over 65 up to their 90th years than there's ever been in this country before. There are people living in 400 to 500, half million dollar, million dollar homes that will be losing them. What do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to be okay with it? They were okay with the Depression because a lot of people were Europeans and foreigners, and they came from countries, and they put up with that crap, and they put up with the Depression of 29. We put up with recessions. We're not going to be put up with they're going to try and perpetrate on the American public without a lot of shooting and killing on going on in our country. And we have to be, you younger people, God bless you all, and my family, I'm more concerned with you. I got through this life. I lived 91 years and saw wars and was in a war and saw a lot of dead GIs. But this goddamn government wants to kill the people whoa, in this country and whoa. control them. I'm sorry yeah, BJ, about we gotta, that. Yeah, yeah we, I, I understand your passion. I understand anger. I appreciate the call, but some things we have to stop and we have to cut out. Uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, believe me, I feel the same way. I have said the same thing, just not into a microphone. Uh, I can't say it on the mic. You know, and I'm not proud of that either, taking the Lord's name in vain. But um, yeah, there's some things we can't say on the radio we've got to fix. So I appreciate your phone call. Let me say this, though, about the major point that uh, BJ was just making. B.J. would be what Joe Scarborough was referring to earlier on when he said paranoid, a group of paranoid people who believe they need weapons of war to fend off the government. Um, that's what they will do. They'll dismiss people like B.J. and the concerns, valid ones that he is making as nothing but paranoia. But the reality is they are counting on that. The government that is imposing this, the media that is their willing accomplice in all of this, um, they are counting on you, not wanting to be called names, not wanting to be called conspiracy theorists, not wanting to be called paranoid, not wanting to be called you know nut jobs, essentially. They're counting on you just accepting it and saying, you know, boy, look at that. There was a terrible shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Look at that. There was a terrible shooting in Buffalo. Look at that. There was a terrible shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. You know what? They're right. These guns really are bad. Let's give them up. When they do that, they have what they want. When we do that, they get exactly what they want, and that is the opportunity to impose all of their liberal world order dreams upon us without any ability to fight back at all, without any ability to defend ourselves. 
You remember that, right? I think BJ called it one world government. But um, Brian Deese, National Economic Council Director under Joe Biden, do you remember when he said this? Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order. The quiet part said out loud. This is about the future of the liberal world order. The liberal world order can also be called one world government. It can be called the globalist agenda. You can call it whatever you want, but it all means the same thing. The American leftist authoritarians and totalitarians are looking to combine with other world leaders to subjugate the entire population. That doesn't make me conspiracy nut. That doesn't make me paranoid. That makes me, well, an astute observer of the, of the, of the situation. Sometimes when people tell you who, you who they are, you really need to believe them. Brian Deese just told us who they are. I believe him. J.D. Vance wants to be in the Senate to try to fight against some of this stuff. He's going to join me after the news on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway now. We continue nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Wednesday, the sixth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been just a minute since we have talked to our next guest. We had him on many, many times in a very, very contentious fight for the Republican nomination in the U.S. Senate race. An opportunity to replace Rob Portman, hopefully with somebody far more conservative than he is. The uh, winner of that race was J.D. Vance, who came on like gangbusters in the last two months or so before uh, the May 3rd election, overtaking Josh Mandel and Mike Gimmons, and now he has his sights focused on Tim Ryan. Well, does he? Because right now I'm hearing a whole lot of Tim Ryan having his sights focused on J.D. Vance, but I haven't heard a ton from J.D. yet. So I said, J.D., let's have a conversation and find out where this race is headed. And he has been kind enough to join us once again on Always Great Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Mr. Vance, good morning, good sir. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to hear your voice. I mean that very, very sincerely, um, because I have heard enough of Tim Ryan already. Uh, I, I, I want to. I, no, I'm not kidding, man. You know, this guy got, got at it early and often, as you know, on television and 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 we'll talk about Joe Biden meeting in Cleveland in, in, in for just a second here, but JD, I have been waiting for you to respond to his first. So at least maybe it was one of the first ones that I saw uh, in this general election fight now for the Senate seat, in which he basically said he's MAGA. <laughs> he said I I I voted away or against what Barack Obama wanted to do because it was going to hurt my neighbors and my neighbors in America. Blah blah blah. I mean, I swear to goodness, you would think he was a Trump endorsed candidate the way he was running, which of course is just a little bit counter to the record that he has uh, as a far far left wing member of Congress uh, since. His, since his career began. Um, so I've been waiting for you to respond to that a little bit. What do you got for me? 
Well, look, it's a preposterous argument. Tim Ryan has voted with Joe Biden 100 percent of the time. He's been a pretty radical Democrat. His, you know, at least half of of his time in Congress, the last 10 years, uh, he was maybe a moderate 20 years ago, but he's certainly not today, and he hasn't been for a very long time. And and the problem with Tim is that he has such an awful record, both of what he's said, but also of what he's done. And we're going to hammer him with it, and we're going to let people know who this guy actually is. He says that he didn't support the defund the police movement but he called law enforcement the new Jim Crow. He said that he supported Trump's trade policies. But, of course, when he was an actual voting member of Congress, he did precisely the opposite. So, look, man, I, I haven't been in politics, you know, that long. Uh, I am, I am quite frankly, caught off guard by the level of shamelessness with which this guy is running his political campaign. But the good thing about it is he's painting himself into a corner that he can't possibly defend because his record is the record. He's been a horrible advocate for the people of Youngstown. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the entire city suffered a great deal the 20 years that he represented them in Congress. And now he's expecting, after 20 years of failed leadership, the people of Ohio to give him promotion to the U.S. Senate. It's not going to work. And I think when people are paying a little bit closer attention to the election and when we're you know, out there with our TV ads answering his TV ads, it's going to be pretty obvious where this guy's record actually stands. Yeah, I, I hope it is. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's some chutzpah uh, coming out of that camp right now, too. Um, I want to men- mention, I, I talked about one of the earliest, which is that whole, I'm really more like a uh, conservative uh, than I am, than a, than a leftist, than a, than a progressive. Yep. The most recent one is the one in which he has a uh, sheriff, Stark County sheriff, uh, talking about what a great supporter of law enforcement he is and how you, J.D. Vance, uh, you know, you voted, or excuse me, you didn't vote to, but you expressed support uh, for defunding the police. He's the law and order candidate. He's the police supporter, and he's got a sheriff on television, in my opinion, uh, disgracing his badge uh, and trying to prove it. Um, give me give me your reaction to the accusation, J.D., that you do not support law enforcement, that you uh, support defunding of, of, uh, of police officers, defunding of law enforcement overall. Well, it's a disgraceful ad, and we're actually doing our law and order tour uh, all this week, trying to, you know, talk to, to, to people in law enforcement, trying to understand what police are dealing with, and also trying to offer some good ideas for how to make our communities safer. And I hear from, from every cop that I talk to that they are disgraced by this advertisement because you know, they, they, they know that basically the sheriff that Tim Ryan got to do his political dirty work is a far-left hack, that what he said is absolutely false, that Tim Ryan has, in fact, supported the defund the police movement. He voted for the George Floyd bill that would have ripped qualified immunity away from our police officers. Uh, that would basically make it impossible for them to do their jobs without facing prosecution uh, nonstop. He's called them systemically racist. He's called police officers the new Jim Crow. I mean, the record is just so clear on this. And and the entire root of the argument that that I support defunding law enforcement, which, you know, we, we don't have very many friends in the fact-checking world, but even the fact-checkers uh, had to fact-check that claim. Uh, it, it, it's rooted in my argument that I think I made on your show, but certainly on others as well, that if the ATF wasn't going to do its job, we should get rid of the ATF and start over. Uh, as you know, Bob, I believe that some of these federal bureaucracies, when they stop doing their jobs, sometimes it's easier to get rid of them than it is to just try to reform them. Um, obviously, we want, to, we, we want somebody stopping the Mexican drug cartels from gun running. We want somebody to actually run the NICS system properly, and the ATF isn't doing it. So I think we should start over. Uh, that doesn't mean I support defunding law enforcement. It's preposterous to suggest otherwise. 
it means that when we have a federal agency that isn't doing its job, we should get rid of it and try to get another one that is doing its job. Yeah, I, I think that is completely reasonable. And, you know, the, the real question to me would become, you know, why isn't ATF doing its job? It's kind of like saying, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Why isn't ICE doing its job? ICE wants to do its job, but ICE has had its, found itself handcuffed uh, by the Biden administration, and they're not allowed to do their jobs. There is such a limitation, and that is also law enforcement. Uh, so I, I and I see what they're doing. They're playing games here with your words, saying let the federal agencies do their jobs, let them do them right. If they're not going to do them right, then we need to reform them so they can, not abolish them so that they can't. Well, look, I, my, my view of the ATF, Bob, is that it has become extremely political. And I don't think this is a reflection on the agents who work there, but I think the political leadership of the ATF, the bureaucracy that controls it, has completely jumped the shark. Uh, that very often well, it's just it's like FBI, ATF, isn't it? Uh, the FBI obviously has, to, has some issues as well, though I think the ATF is much more extreme. And, and again, like, look, we, we, we absolutely want somebody preventing the drug cartels from gun running on our southern border. But if the ATF isn't doing that, it's time to stop it and start over. And I think that, you know, that, that approach to government of saying that, look, when an agency isn't doing its job, we need to end it and replace it with something better. That's certainly how, how, how I look at much of the federal bureaucracy. And, uh, you know, that, that has nothing to do with defunding law enforcement writ large. You're right. You're right. It does take a, a particular amount of, of, of chutzpah, of, of shamelessness. But this is the way the guy is running his campaign. And, and I'll say, Bob, I am very optimistic this stuff is not going to work because the guy's record is so clear. It'd be one thing if he's sort of a largely invisible congressman who had done nothing, good or bad, but he ran for president two years ago. He ran as a radical left Democrat. He has a horrible voting record, and he's got public statements up and down the line, trashing law enforcement, making it impossible for them to do their jobs, which, of course, you know, Bob, this isn't just about the police. It's not even primarily about the police. It's whether normal people can walk down their streets without getting mugged or robbed or worse. That's really why we support the police, because we love the people who are doing it. But more importantly, we think that you should be able to live a safe life in an orderly country. Yeah, yeah, completely. That is everyone's goal, no question about it. We're talking to J.D. Vance. He is the Republican nominee for the Senate seat currently held by Rob Portman. Um, if you were to, Last thing on the law enforcement aspect. I'm looking at this ad now, and I'm reading the actual uh, 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 subtitle. George T. Mayer, Stark County Sheriff, actually saying, so when J.D. Vance calls law enforcement corrupt, um, you didn't, uh, but that's what they want you to believe. If you had a face-to-face opportunity with Sheriff Mayer, what would you say to him, J.D.? Well, I'd say, you know, don't you have any honor? Uh, you are actually lying about me. You know that I didn't call law enforcement writ large corrupt. What I did say, Bob, by the way, is I called the Department of Justice corrupt. Because it is, because Merrick Garland, our attorney general, is going after parents protesting critical race theory. Meanwhile, they're not arresting some of the criminals who are doing the worst crimes in our country. They're not securing the southern border. Uh, Like, again, there is a difference between the political leadership of these agencies and the agents on the ground. It's ridiculous that it even needs to be said, because anybody with an IQ above 50 knows exactly when I say the Department of Justice is corrupt. I'm not criticizing the field agents of the FBI in Dayton, Ohio. I'm right. criticizing the corrupt leadership. 
Right. That's so that's so very important. And and that's the reason I brought up uh, FBI when you were talking about ATF. It's not the rank and file. It's not the agents. They're not they're just following orders. But the leadership has been completely corrupted and weaponized, I think, uh, by the current administration. Um, J.D., obviously, I reference your victory uh, in the uh, primary. Have you seen uh, are are the other candidates starting to coalesce around you? Is there now a unified uh, Republican Party and, uh, and and other former candidates, primary opponents of yours, is everybody on board now so that we make uh, this seat better than what it is now? Not only do we keep it red from uh, from Portman to Vance, but but improve upon it, which is what our hope is that you do. Are, are you starting to see a unified front now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I was blessed with, with classic primary opponents. Obviously, we had a very tough primary. Bob, you sort of had a front row seat to it. Uh, I actually saw Jane Timken and Mike Gibbons recently up in, you know, we did some stops in Cuyahoga County. Uh, Josh Mandel, Matt Dolan both came out and endorsed me the day of, of, of the primary. So we, we've got a great group of people. Uh, they've been very supportive, but we've, we've also got work to do. I'm not going to pretend that we don't. I, I think a lot of grassroots folks, a lot of activists, I mean, look, the, the fear that I would have if I was on the side of the voters and not, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of it. I'm the, I'm the candidate. But the fear that I would have is, are we getting another Mitt Romney? And I think that I have a lot of work to do to convince people that, no, that's not what we're getting. We're going to get a conservative. We're going to get a guy who actually fights for his constituents. And I think that the way that I've run this campaign and the way that I'm going to continue to run it should hopefully show people that I am not going to get there and stab people in the back. I'm not going to get there and and be cowed by the media, because I think that's ultimately why so many good leaders go bad it's not that they're bad people it's that they're more desperate for the affection of a media that's never going to approve of them unless they stab their voters in the back that's not what i'm going to do and i've i've I've, uh, i'm going to keep on carrying that message for the next four months so that we don't just have unified republican candidates but we've got a whole unified conservative movement because i I don't want to just beat tim ryan bob i want to send a message to the people who have misgoverned this country the last couple of years the last 40 or 50 years that we're not going to take this more we're sending better people to Washington, and we're going to do a better job by our people. Uh, we're talking to J.D. Vance, candidate for the United States Senate. Um, J.D., um, we, we just came off of what most conservatives would, would agree is, is one of the most successful uh, terms of the Supreme Court uh, in recent memory and maybe in history. Some extraordinary uh, victories uh, from the court on the areas of religious liberty and the issue of abortion, obviously, gun rights as well. It has the left so up in arms that they want to change the Supreme Court. Uh, they're begging and trying to force Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema to vote to uh, uh, abolish the filibuster so they can pack the court and do kinds of, all kinds of other crazy things. This is the fight you're getting into, of course, if you win this Senate race uh, against Tim Ryan. Um, can you give me your perspective on what just happened in the court and what challenges this is going to make for a freshman senator if you get in there knowing what they're trying to do with the Senate? Well, one, I agree with you, it was a great term. I think there are a couple of, of, of observations I have. So one is, is something that not enough people talk about, but it goes to the strength of the conservative movement, even when the politicians aren't doing their job. Uh, the person, of course, who wrote the Dobbs opinion was Sam Belita, who I think, along with Justice Thomas, uh, is you know, these are historically great Supreme Court justices. But if you remember, Bob, Sam Belito was originally supposed to be Harriet Myers, uh, a Bush administration crony, who I think would not have been a great conservative justice. Uh, the movement mobilized, got her nomination killed. She actually withdrew it. And then Sam Alito was the guy that we got after Harriet Myers withdrew her nomination. So I think one observation is that 
you know, sometimes activists, sometimes the base of the conservative movement, you know, we've got to hold our leaders' feet to the fire and expect better of them. And I think when we do, great things can come of it. I, I think the thing that it does is in some ways it makes my job easier and harder. And, and what I mean is uh, what the Supreme Court is really doing on the abortion issue, on a number of other issues, they're, not, they're, they're, they're getting out of the realm of public policy, which they should be doing. It's been very easy as, as a legislator to say, well, the Supreme Court controls this issue. And what the court is doing is actually asking the people's elected representatives to legislate, to govern on their behalf, which is exactly how the Founding Fathers uh, designed our system. So I, I think it's a good thing, but I also think for a lot of Republican leg- legislators, uh, it's put up or shut up time. The Supreme Court is giving us the power at the state and the federal level to do the job of governing this country. we got to do a good job with it. J.D., I want to ask you about a tough situation here, if I may. Uh, and this isn't the guy you're running against, obviously, but this is current Senator Sherrod Brown. And uh, that's the reason I wanted to get your thoughts on this. The shooting of Jalen Walker a little over a week ago, uh, some context and clarity was provided on Sunday. In fact, all the context and clarity was needed, really, was provided on Sunday when they released the body cam footage of this shooting. And uh, Jalen Walker uh, was fleeing police officers. Um, he uh, shot at police officers, as the dash cam made very evident. Then he got out of his car with a ski mask on and ran away from police officers. And uh, when they finally caught up with him, he turned around on them with his hand and his waistband. Uh, this is what the evidence showed. Um, Sherrod Brown said this, The death of Jalen Walker is a tragedy. The Walker family and the entire Akron community deserve a thorough and transparent investigation of why we are mourning yet another young black life cut short. This is every black parent's worst fear of what a traffic stop will turn into. End quote. Now, I don't know about you, but what I just read there was that the cops are responsible, uh, be, uh, rather, uh, uh, young black males believe that cops are going to kill them when they pull them over for traffic stops. This had nothing to do with the traffic stop. The death of Jalen Walker was because he fired a firearm at these officers and then refused to follow their commands as he fled them. What would, how do you respond to that? What is, your, what is your opinion of what Sherrod Brown has devolved this thing down into? Well, first, let me say, Bob, I haven't seen the video, and so I'm, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn here. But, you know, I, I look at a guy like Sherrod Brown's statement, and my, my reaction is this is a guy who can always find an excuse to blame police officers, number one. Uh, number two, the idea that American police officers are going around, you know, shooting innocent young black people is just statistically ridiculous. It does not happen that often. Thank God it doesn't happen that often. And very often, of course, when... Uh, when when anybody is shot by the police, it's because they pose a danger to the police officers. This is what's always missed. Is you, know, you actually ask? I, I saw this recently, Bob. That if you ask people how often police officers shoot unarmed people, the average American thinks that it happens a hundred times more often than it actually happens. Well, well, you know, it, 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 and, and what this suggests is that people like Sherrod Brown, our leadership, but also of course the media, they've given our entire country this impression of police officers that's totally false and totally destructive. Because the end result, of course, is not just that a lot of people have, you know, misunderstood the role of police. It's that we have skyrocketing murder rates in our cities, skyrocketing crime, violent crime, theft, you know, automobile, carjackings. I mean, it it is just crazy. And what, what I noticed about Sherrod Brown is that when, you know, we've lost dozens, 
of additional people to rising crime rates. Of course, a lot of them have been black. A lot of them have not been black. Uh, I've never seen Sherrod Brown issue such a strongly worded statement about the explosion of murders in every single city in the state of Ohio. Why is that? Why is it that these people only focus on the thing that fits their narrative and not the thing that's actually taking the majority of life in our communities? Well, I'm glad you answered your own question, because you did. It it doesn't fit their narrative. Those do not fit their narrative. Yep. This one does. You're exactly right. Okay, uh, J.D., last thing for you here. Biden's going to be in Cleveland this afternoon at Max S. Hayes High School, apparently pushing uh, the American Rescue Plan or the, uh, the latest uh, elements of that. I quite frankly don't care uh, too much about what he's here for, but give me your, your your thoughts on his visit to Cleveland, his statement last week in Madrid in which he said the American people are going to pay these prices for gas and these inflated prices for their goods as long as it takes for Ukraine to stop Russia. Um, it was a remarkable statement, as long as it takes. And, oh, by the way, he proceeded to make it even more difficult for uh, oil uh, oil companies to drill, refiners to refine, and uh, and for uh, gas companies to, to uh, explore for, for new natural gas sources. What are your thoughts? Well, and I saw his advisor said uh, that America is going to be paying higher prices on everything from energy to food in furtherance of the liberal world order, which is like, <laughs> you know, uh, a crazy, like, you know, it's like one of these things that was a crazy conspiracy theory a year ago, and now it turns out to be true. I mean, look, my, my reaction is, is twofold. First of all, it's kind of funny that Tim Ryan, who's voted 100% of the time with Joe Biden, is running as far away from this guy as possible on his TV commercials and everything else. He wants people to think that he's a fan of President Donald Trump, when in reality, he didn't support Trump's policies. He supported Biden's policies, and now he's terrified to be seen with him because he knows it means he will lose an election. That's that's really all this is about. And and the second thing is Joe Biden, and I don't know if it's Biden or the people who actually control the administration, because I frankly am not totally sure Biden is all there. Uh, these guys are obsessed with imposing a vision of the world come hell or high water, no matter how much suffering it causes among their own citizens. So if, if you don't you want uh, windmills covering Ohio farms and you don't believe because you're a smart person that you can't run an economy on solar panels, then Biden doesn't care. He's going to force this stuff down our throats. He's going to make fossil fuels so expensive, which of course isn't just affect us at the gas pump, it affects farmers, it affects truckers, it affects everybody who's engaged in our economy, if you don't want to pay higher prices too bad because Joe Biden wants to bring the green revolution to your doorstep, you and your family are going to be made to suffer because of it. It's one of the reasons why we have to win this Senate seat, Bob, because we need to push back against this stuff and we need to do so aggressively. The idea that you can run a 21st century economy on solar panels and wind farms is a preposterous lie. It strengthens the worst people in the world. And oh, by the way, it makes our, our, our world even dirtier uh, than these guys say that it is today. J.D. Vance laying it out on President Trump and his agenda. Yeah, it is amazing they said that quiet part out loud, that this is about the liberal world order and protecting it. That is exactly what their goal is. J.D. Vance, I appreciate the chance to catch up with you. It's been since, uh, well, since you won the primary election. I know we're going to talk a lot between now and November. Uh, thanks very much for the time, and, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thank you. 10.30, now time for news. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer.
giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always Right Radio with Bob France and The Answer. All right, 1039 now, <clears throat> continuing on Always Right Radio, AM 1420. The answer, thanks to J.D. Vance, uh, covered a lot of ground there about the Senate, uh, the race, obviously, some of the lies and the scurrilous uh, attacks made by Tim Ryan on his uh, TV campaign. It's, it, it's, it's really bad. I mean, it really, really is. When you are, when it's July, it's early July, and the Tim Ryan campaign is so desperate and in such a, uh, uh, you know, just a state of desperation, I guess it's repetitive, but, uh, in, because he knows he's going to get just hammered by JD Vance that they have resorted to this kind of dishonest attack ad this early on. This isn't even anywhere near the time that voting starts, much less actual election day in November, and they're running ads like this. Come on, Sheriff, let's hear you. I love serving my community as Sheriff. So when J.D. Vance calls law enforcement corrupt, it makes me angry. That makes my job harder. So does J.D.'s plan to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug traffickers. Tim Ryan knows defunding the police is ridiculous. He's brought back $467 million to put good cops on the street. I trust Tim Ryan to keep our communities safe. The sheriff of Stark County uh, is, uh, is a disgrace. I think J.D. Vance was exactly right. He's a disgrace. Not all law enforcement officers are actually men of integrity and honor. Uh, that's just the reality of it, uh, and this is an example. George T. Mayer, Stark County Sheriff, is an embarrassment to his profession and to the badge that he wears. To say that J.D. Vance called for defunding law enforcement is simply and, and objectively untrue. It is just a, a flat-out lie. To say that he wants to defund an agency or abolish an agency or has a plan, I love that phrasing, too, a plan. Listen again. Yes, Sheriff. So when J.D. Vance calls law enforcement corrupt, it makes me angry. That makes my job harder. So does J.D.'s plan to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug traffickers. His plan, he has a plan, you see, to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug, uh, drug traffickers. Well, the agency that he is talking about, as J.D. and I just discussed, is the ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms is supposed to combat these traffickers but they're not doing their job because their leadership is flat out corrupt he's right he wants atf to do its job and if they're not going to under its current format it needs to be fixed that's not calling for defunding law enforcement that is not anywhere close to that and for this guy to say that this makes my job harder, what makes your job harder is your lack of commitment to law, your lack of commitment to integrity, and your lack of commitment to honesty. The fact that you would record this because you just happen to be a partisan progressive wearing a badge is is disgusting. So if you haven't seen that ad yet, good, you're lucky. Uh, if you have seen it, uh, and I've seen it several times because uh, Tim Ryan is uh, just, I mean, he's got a war chest, and he is spending every nickel he's got, literally started this in early June for a campaign that doesn't culminate until the election in November. Uh, this is all he's got. He's got to attack J.D. Vance and tell lies about him as long as he can. J.D. Vance is the Republican candidate. J.D. Vance was not my first choice. I didn't really 
divulge my first choice because I wasn't going to endorse in that race. But I will tell you this, J.D. Vance gives us a much, much, much better chance of passing conservative legislation out of that Senate and stopping the radical Green New Deal agenda, stopping the radical Build Back Better agenda, stopping the radical Codify Row agenda than Tim Ryan ever would. Tim Ryan would be a rubber stamp for each of those things. So if you were Team Mandel, if you were Team Gibbons, if you were Team Dolan, if you were Team... uh, uh, Who am I missing from that group? Um, I, I think that's everybody of note. Yeah, I think that's everybody of note. If you, oh, Jane Timken, I, how, far, how far did she fall? She wasn't even in my top five. If you were Team Timken, even if you were Team any of those individuals, and you were not necessarily Team Vance, it's time to get on board Team Vance now. That is just something that has to happen. Uh, Tim Ryan would be an absolute disaster. All right, 216 the phone numbers to get out. I've got time for you. I do have Neil McCabe coming up after uh, the top of the hour from the Ohio Star, and he's got a couple of important things to share. Uh, as do I now, I want to share this with you, too. I mentioned it in the uh, top of the show. There's an article that is linked to alwayswrite.us right now uh, that you need to see. Uh, and this is extraordinary information about Joe Biden doing something that is very much on the down low. This is not something that was advertised or, or announced by uh, Karine Jean-Pierre at the uh, press secretary press conferences. By the way, did you know she's black and gay? Yeah, she's black and gay. Got to make sure you have those two things. Those are the first two things they used to describe her when she was appointed press secretary to replace uh, propaganda patty, Madam Circleback Jen Psaki. So anyway, black and gay, uh, John, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre uh, will not talk about this. This was supposed to be on the down low, but it has been reported. Joe Biden... I think, is committing a treasonous act against the people of the United States of America, against the United States of America itself. This country runs on energy. This country runs on our own oil. This country is in a state of desperation because of the platform and the policies of Joe Biden, who planned from the very beginning to make sure that this country could not run on oil and other fossil fuels. This was his plan from before he even became president. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, new pipeline. And, and, exactly. and... No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. And in case any of that was unclear, what he said prior to his uh, uh, presidency, this is what he said as a candidate, this is what he has said as president. You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? So these, these sound bites matter when I tell you this. His, his attempt to destroy the fossil fuel industries, including oil and natural gas and coal, have put us in a situation of desperation where gas is five bucks a gallon for diesel. That's our truckers. Uh, over six bucks a gallon. 
And he is releasing on a daily basis one million barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve, which is reserved in its name for times of war, for times of crisis, for times where we absolutely have no access to energy. He is depleting that resource, that reserve, simply because he doesn't want to face his gangrene voters uh, and tell them that he is ordering the reconstruction or the resumption of construction on the pipeline, that he is uh, given more leases for fracking and for drilling on federal lands, that he is giving the oil and gas companies and coal companies an opportunity to resume their operations. He don't, doesn't want to face them because climate. So he's he doesn't want anybody to know. He doesn't want to have to face them if he actually does that, so he's just spending what we already have, the reserve that we already have. And that's one thing, and that's bad enough. So where do I get treason from? Because he is selling out the security of the American people, selling out the security of the United States of America, by taking those strategic American petroleum reserves used for those emergencies we just spoke of in times of war, and he's sending them overseas. He's sending our strategic petroleum reserve to Europe and to Asia, possibly even to communist china more than five million barrels of oil that were part of a historic u.s emergency oil reserve uh, release aimed at lowering domestic fuel prices were exported to europe and asia last month according to data and sources even as u.s gasoline and diesel prices touched record highs reuters reports The export of crude and fuel is blunting the impact of the moves by U.S. President Joe Biden designed to lower record pump prices. He's been constantly tapping that strategic petroleum reserve rather than actually drilling for new energy. He wants to tap into what we already have so that he doesn't have to face the gangrene. And now he's tapping into it, not for our own use, but for foreign use. He's selling off America's reserve oil. I, I mean, honestly, I think that is a it is it is a it is more than a slap in the face. I think it puts Americans in danger. While he's selling off reserve oil, he's publicly berating the oil companies and the private gas station owners and telling them, You need to lower your prices. It's the patriotic thing to do. Do it. Do it now. So let's be honest with one another. My message is simple to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Do it now. Do it today. This is a time of war. This is a time of global peril, he says. Well, if it's a time of war and a time of global peril, and you are sending our oil our energy to europe and asia then you are literally not figuratively but you are literally selling out your own people that's treasonous you're sending away our own ability to provide for and to to uh, uh run our country provide for the people defend themselves and more i mean this is an embarrassment but it's more than an embarrassment And it's more than a show of incompetence. It is a show of, I mean, honestly, I think it's a show of spite, a show of contempt for the American people. 
You have to pay five bucks a gallon. I am using the, the, the reserves that we have saved over the decades and giving them to other countries. And how does how does Corinne Jean Pierre explain this? Did I mention she was black and gay? You need to mention that every time you refer to her. They introduced her as such. She's a black and gay press secretary. Thanks, Green. How did the president go from blaming high gas prices on Putin to big oil to small business owners now? Well, here's the thing about that, um, Peter, is when you look at, um, as of this morning, when you look at the crude oil, uh, and when you look at wholesale oil prices as well, they've declined about 15%. And so retail gas prices, have, however, have only declined just about 3% over the same time period uh, as we have seen uh, with the crude oil prices and the uh, wholesale gas prices. And meanwhile, those same uh, retailers are profiting, their profit have gone up about 40 cents, nearly 40 cents in, in that same period of time. So what the president is saying is that everyone along that chain, along that production chain line, needs to needs to make sure that they're doing what what is possible, their part in bringing down the the cost for for the American people. That is what we're asking. Consumers should not should not be the first to pay and the last to benefit. And now you know why they continue to talk about her historic nature as the first uh, gay black press secretary. Because if you focus on her gayness and her blackness, you will not focus on her incompetence she is standing there trying to convince the american people that the prices of energy particularly oil and natural gas are based on present day market prices and not on futures it is always on futures telling the gas station owners to lower their prices and thus lower their profit to the point of pretty much next to zero when the actual cost of energy is based on futures, is not only disingenuous, it's downright cruel. The reality is if Joe Biden made an announcement, a na- national press conference announcement, we are restarting construction of the pipeline, the Keystone XL. If you made an announcement, we are expanding our drilling and exploration into the Gulf and into Anwar. We're restarting all of those things that I undid on day one when I became president. We're restarting all of those. Gas prices would plummet. And they would do so in a matter of days and then weeks. They would plummet because the rest of the world's markets would react to that and say, uh-oh, the Americans are going to start producing their own energy again. Now we're going to have a glut. Now we're not going to be able to charge this much for it because it's going to be readily available and watch the prices drop. I know that. You know that. Corrine Jean-Pierre probably doesn't know that. And even if she does, she's got a lie to sell. But Joe Biden definitely knows that. And that's why he is playing this game, and there is no excuse for his to send strategic American petroleum reserves overseas to foreign countries, and in particular to some of our most um, important and dangerous enemies. Quick time out, right back, always right, Radio AM 1420, the answer. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? 
Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three now, beginning at eight minutes past 11 o'clock on this Wednesday, the sixth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. If you missed the interview that we did earlier on with J.D. Vance last hour, candidate for U.S. Senate, holding the Republican nomination in his hand, uh, that'll be up for you momentarily, probably within the next 30 minutes. All right, maybe not momentarily, but minutarily. How about that? Uh, it'll be up in about 30 minutes at alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us, and uh, you can listen to it in its entirety after the show ends. For now, and you see, that's the reason I don't want you to listen to it now, because if you do that, then you'll miss my great conversation that I know I'm about to have with our good friend from the Ohio Star, Neil McCabe. Neil, good to have you back on the program this morning. How are you, good sir? Phenomenal, Bob. Good. <laughs> Very good to be fans, with you. Fans like you, man. What can I say? It's a, it's a good thing. So, Neil McCabe, uh, uh, Neil, what's that, Neil? It's like gladiator. <laughs> Are you not amused? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> oh, that's what it is, yeah. There you go. Hey, Neil, I want to play a clip for you here. It's 30 seconds of a Tim Ryan ad um, about J.D. Vance. Listen. I love serving my community as sheriff. So when J.D. Vance calls law enforcement corrupt, it makes me angry. That makes my job harder. So does J.D.'s plan to eliminate an agency that combats violent drug traffickers. Tim Ryan knows defunding the police is ridiculous. He's brought back $467 million to put good cops on the street. I trust Tim Ryan to keep our community safe. I'm Tim Ryan, and I approve this message. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, that's the Stark County Sheriff George Mayer uh, declaring that J.D. Vance wants to defund law enforcement. It makes his job harder, and Tim Ryan is a champion of law enforcement. You, uh, you've been following... Well, both these guys, obviously, in your work with the Ohio Star, and certainly you and I talked uh, at length in the uh, uh, primary fight uh, that J.D. Vance ultimately won. Tim Ryan didn't really have a fight over there. But um, when you hear ads like this, particularly starting in late June and now in early July for a race that doesn't culminate until the election in November, what does this say to you, Neil McCabe? Well, I'm going to share with you a lesson I learned when I was a young college Republican in the Reagan years. And uh, I would listen to these ca- campus radicals, and I would sometimes I'd find, I said, geez, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I said, I, I, my rule was every time I found myself agreeing with these leftists, I had to stop and figure out what the trick was. What, what word have they twisted? What fact have they not given me? And this is the case here with uh, with this ad, which is so crazy. It, you know, J.D. Vance has called for the abolition of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, which are which is an agency created to regulate three things: alcohol, tobacco, and firearms that are all legal. Right? It is a corrupt, mismanaged. That uh, I've read the IG report. I've read GAO report on ATF. It is it is a legacy corrupt. Cannot be saved. 
agency. So the idea that you could be against the ATF and say we need a do-over on whatever they're supposed to do, we need to do it again and figure it out, the idea that you want to get rid of ATF does not mean that you don't want cops on the street. And, uh, you know, the, I, I think J.D. Vance also, uh, he retweeted a tweet uh, with the line, the FBI is an irreparably corrupt and broken agency that needs to be defunded and eliminated. Now, retweets are not endorsements, but this is where Ryan is hanging his hat. And this is going after a corrupt FBI and a corrupt ETF is not the same as saying that we don't want cops on a street corner walking the beat. I don't know if there's anybody even remembers cops walking the beat, but the idea that we don't want our schools protected, that we don't want our neighborhoods protected because these corrupt federal agencies, it's a stretch and um, it speaks to how Tim Ryan is really in a box because he's trying to run as a Trump guy against a guy who's actually endorsed by Trump. Um, I, when I talked to uh, J.D. last hour, he made it very, very clear, of course, that he is not talking in any way, shape, or form about ATF agents who are simply doing the jobs with whatever tools they're given. Uh, same thing with the FBI. But the leadership, the leadership, and quite frankly, the entire Department of Justice is corrupt under its current management. Um, uh, the, the FBI has been weaponized. ATF is weaponized. Hell, they've, they've, they've hamstrung and handcuffed ICE, which is another federal law enforcement agency. Nobody's calling for its abolition except for the left. The left doesn't think ICE should exist. They literally have said that. Literally, not just defund it, but abolish it as an agency. Right, against the mission. Against exactly correct because of because of what they do, so you know when when JD or anybody else criticizes the leadership at the head of these departments, and as you just did, I think fairly and accurately talking about ATF really not even needing to exist, uh, given what their their you know what their agenda is. Um, they're right, but that doesn't mean you are against law enforcement and you are against the funding of law enforcement or giving them the tools that they need. It's the there's only one party that's doing that, and it's not JD Vance's party. Yeah, Ryan is um, Ryan is playing a game, and of course, you know uh, the, the old line about Obama was, you know, that that when when the press doesn't hold Obama accountable, his telling a lie has the same risk as saying hello. And this is the same thing with Ryan. Who's going to call out Ryan in the, anywhere in the uh, mainstream media as it operates and functions in Ohio? Nobody. And so, you know, JD JD's. Yeah, J.D.'s running against Ryan, but he's also running against the press that is covering for Ryan. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because I've got something here. Now, this is from two years ago. This is from July of uh, almost two years to the day. It's July 20th of 2020. Um, a story uh, by WFMJ in Youngstown about the Youngstown police chief, who was livid that Tim Ryan signed his name on a letter uh, condemning police brutality and suggesting, uh, is so critical of the police essentially that saying police brutality was being trained, that it was being, you know, th- that this is something that, uh, the, the, uh, academies and that the, uh, Youngstown police actually, uh, practiced. The police chief, Robin Lees, fired back at Tim Ryan and re- in response to a letter uh, Ryan signed that was critical of police. In the letter, it described police brutality and violence as being the leading cause of death among young men, particularly young black men. Now, let me say that again. Not violence, but police violence 
being the leading cause of death among young men, particularly black men, who are three times more likely to be killed by police than their white peers. This was in reference to a writing by the National Academy of Science from 2019, which was listed as a footnote in this letter. Uh, Neil, I sent you this. I don't know if you had much of a chance to look into it. Every single thing that was referenced in that letter was garbage. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was just wrong. It was a lie. And the chief of police there, I don't think he would be signing on with what George Mayor in Stark County is, uh, you know, as the Stark County Sheriff saying that Tim Ryan is good for law enforcement. No, and, and let me just say that uh, there's a there's a word that the left uses all the time is that uh, a word systemic, right? Mm, yeah. So we can't point to an actual case of racism. But we can say systemic racism. We can't actually isolate that. Uh, we can't actually say, okay, this police department, that these guys are doing these things. But it's systemic. And they just broad brush everything. And when you say it's systemic, then you're like, you don't even know, you don't even know how to argue against it because who even knows what systemic really means? And I think this is another case where, like the local law enforcement, most people like their local police department. Most people want to see more of their local police officers. And you go into these minority neighborhoods where we are told that they're against the police. Believe me, they want to see more of their police. They like police. And frankly, they want to see police on the sidewalks walking around, swinging their billy club. They don't want to see just a car whizzing by. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, Bob, when you think about it, Ryan is not running on, like, you know, he's running for U.S. Senate. He's not running on the Biden national agenda. He's not running on the Biden economic plan. He's running as if he's running for mayor of Youngstown. Why is he even talking law enforcement? Because that's a local issue. And so it, 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 it just talks, it just speaks to the trouble that Ryan is in and the fact that, of course, you know, President Joseph R. Biden, Jr., is going to be at the Max Hayes High School today on West 65th in Cleveland. And I, I, I haven't confirmed this, but my suspicion is that Paul Ryan will take a pass. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, excuse me. Paul, Paul Ryan. I got Paul, Ryan. Paul, Paul Ryan might actually want to be there. <laughs> he no, might yeah, actually... yeah, he's yeah, but Tim Ryan won't be there, and that's an amazing thing. Uh, briefly on, on that, Neil, um, you know, he's coming here ostensibly to talk more about the uh, the dollars, the uh, um, uh, the American Rescue Plan dollars uh, to fix pension plans for two million workers, blah blah blah. That's what he's coming here for. But obviously, this is uh, you know this is a goodwill tour uh, in trying to repair some of the damage that has been done. He's at thirty percent approval rating. He's underwater. Eighty-eight percent, I think, of the American population says the country is headed in the wrong direction under his leadership. So this is a goodwill tour. He's coming out there to try to spin stories and try to uh, work them for his advantage. Why wouldn't Tim Ryan want to be associated with a guy with a thirty percent approval rating? I wonder. Well, this is a good question, right? Because, you know, Biden, this is what Biden's like, fifth or sixth trip to Ohio since he became president. And so you've got to, you know, does, does Biden think Ohio's in play? Like, you know, and if, and if Ohio is in play, you'd want to see the Biden-Ryan team, right? Bring them up on stage. Here's my buddy Tim, right? Tim, this is our... Well, well I, I, might go the, I, might, 
uh, Neil, Neil McCabe from the Hostel. I might go in the other direction. I don't know if it's necessarily that he thinks Ohio is in play for 2024. It's just that he knows they need to hold the Senate, and he thinks that maybe the Ryan Vance race is in play. Then maybe he's here specifically to, to, to you know, appeal to Democrats, uh, which, of course, again, makes it interesting that Ryan would not be there on stage with him. Uh, he, you know, Ryan's probably thinking to himself, you know, you're the last thing I need is this 30% albatross, your, you know, your, your, uh, uh, you know, cognitive decline. Klein doesn't need to be associated with me, but I wonder if he's not there just because he knows this is a crucial state, and that's one of the crucial center races. You know, one of the dirty secrets of uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 is, you know, everybody said, well, if she had just spent more time in Wisconsin, she would have won Wisconsin. If she had just spent more time in Michigan, she would have won Michigan. Yeah. The dirty secret is, every time she showed up in Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania, her numbers went down. It was actually <laughs> better for people to not see her in their neighborhoods, and they just sort of like, it just, you know, it's like when they saw her in their state, they actually like just started gearing up with intense hatred. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I can't believe that Biden showing up in Ohio is going to help him. Uh, he hasn't solved any of these crises that he's caused. And, you know, I, I, you know, I got to think that there's some kind of, um, there's some kind of fundraiser tonight that uh, basically he can show up at a fundraiser and then build a trip to the to the taxpayers because frankly it also shows you know the big issues on the left right now in the Democrats are guns and life and immigration and he's not running on and so it just really it really speaks to the problem that this guy has and more and more people in, on the Democratic Party and the, and the left are talking about dumping this guy. It's really unreal that, that people are just openly coming out and saying, we've got to dump Biden. And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder that they first have to find a home for Kamala Harris, because I don't think there's anyone alive. Like maybe three years ago, people said, wow, Harris might be a good president one day. I, I think those days are over. Um, it, it just shows you the problems that the Democrats have, but it also speaks to the Republicans that the par- the problems that the Republicans have, because in the state of Ohio, you have one of the country's most hated governors who's associated with the biggest scandal, the first energy scandal. He's just he's just dripping with connections to the first energy scandal. And no one would be surprised if the governor and lieutenant governor were indicted tomorrow because of all of the people involved in that scandal who are around this administration. And. It, it makes you wonder, you know, the Republicans can't win for losing. Neil, I, I completely concur. Neil, last question for you is going to be about yeah. uh, one. It's one of these situations where they said the quiet part out loud. You probably saw this. Brian Deese, um, who is uh, the uh, well, now I'm forgetting his title. He's a prominent one of the economic advisors for the president. Said the quiet yeah. part out loud on TV on Sunday when he declared that we're going to have to pay these high energy prices, these high gas prices, because it's in service to the liberal world order. It is too important for the liberal world world order. And this, of course, is in response to Joe Biden, who said we will be paying these prices and Americans can get used to this until Ukraine is able to beat back Russia. So when Ukraine is able to beat back Russia, then maybe he'll consider doing something uh, about about uh, energy costs here. Um, meanwhile, this story just, I, had, I don't know if you heard me earlier this morning, this story just broke. He is sending 5 million barrels of oil from our strategic p- petroleum reserve to Europe and Asia. 
These are our barrels that are specifically for a time of emergency, a time of war, if we cannot have access to energy. This is, he's already spending a ton of that just here because, uh, you know, rather than drilling for new, he's using what we already have in store. But now uh, it was just uh, revealed that he is sending it to Europe and to Asia as well. So I'm, I'm just asking you to put all of those little pieces together. The liberal world order, Joe Biden sending our precious strategic petroleum reserves to foreign countries. Are the pieces kind of falling into place now, do you think, for people? I didn't see that about the uh, oil strate- the strategic oil reserve. All I can say is I am gobsmacked. It is un. Real to me, the way Reuters, Reuters reported it. Yeah, yeah. Reuters reported it. Reuters reported okay. it, and then uh, Katie Pavlich wrote about the Reuters story on townhall.com. It's all on my webpage. If you get a chance, when yeah. we're done, and of course, at the same time, at the same time, you have thirty to forty thousand National Guardsmen who are going to be drummed out of the service because they don't want to take an experimental COVID nineteen vaccine, and it's. Like, you know, you tell me that's not going to have an effect on our national security and our readiness. And, you know, these guys, they, they've said that we are in a transition from fossil fuels that are made in Republican states to renewables that are manufactured and controlled in the blue states. And basically China that makes all the solar panels and makes all the wind turbine parts and so this whole thing is like cooked. And you know, you think two or three years ago, Bob, the economy was spinning like a top. You know, like it was all it was all blue sky. You know, it's like it was so easy two three years ago, right? And here we are. It, it's unreal to me that they've been able to destroy this country's economy and set the world on fire. And of course, you know, if you think about uh, that poor uh, WNBA player in Russia. Right, who's up on uh, drug charges? And obviously, you know, I'm not in favor of drug dealing. But who in the right mind, in effect, declares war on Russia, but doesn't figure out if there are any Americans stuck in Russia before we but before we do this thing? And it's like, so she's getting the same treatment all of our interpreters and all those other people got in Afghanistan. They, it's like they don't even think stuff through. And then, and when they're, it's like, and everything's a transition. So when you were explaining how, you know, with a, you know we, we can't do anything about energy until after Ukraine, it's just the transition, Bob. So just get over it. Why are you complaining? Everything's great. Yep, that, just the transition. That's all it is. Just a transition. It's a, a transition. transition. Yeah. Neil McCabe, uh, Ohio Star reporter extraordinaire, always uh, and our favorite commentator, Wednesdays, each and every Wednesday, Neil is with us. Neil, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. We'll hey, talk great to you next week. Hey, great to be with you, Bob. Take care, man. Uh, you got it. All right, 1126, we'll take our time out here. We'll get our news. We'll come back. If you want to dial, this is a good time. 216-901-0945. Coming up on Always Right Radio. We can dance. We can dance. doing it from the wall. We can dance. We can dance. Everybody look at your hands. We can dance. We can dance. Everybody's taking the chance. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Eleven thirty-five now. Always Right Radio online. I just told Neil McCabe he didn't see that story yet. If you didn't either, that's why you need to go to Always Right Radio, or excuse me, AlwaysRight.us online. 
uh, so that you can see the latest stories of the day. And that's uh, exactly what I try to do. That story was about the uh, sale, or not the sale, rather, but the delivery of five million gallons from our strategic petroleum reserves to foreign countries in Europe and in Asia, maybe even to communist China. It is impossible. Meanwhile, this guy's telling American business owners, gas station owners, to bring down their prices. Bring down their prices as a matter of patriotism, he said. Does anybody think that maybe it's not in the best interest of a gas station owner to decrease their profits, considering the fact that the President of the United States has made a public announcement that his intention is to destroy those gas stations? To literally make them non-existent anymore? And that's what he said. He's going to destroy the fossil fuel industry. No more oil being drilled for anywhere ever. No more coal plants. They're going to be, and the ones that we have are going to be destroyed. He said these things. And now he's mad that the people who sell those commodities are making profits off of them and telling them to lower their profits before they are destroyed? It's unbelievable. Biden made that statement, and I played it for you before. My message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. A follow-up tweet, a reply tweet to Biden came from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association who responded to him by saying, quote, working on it, Mr. President. In the meantime, have a happy fourth. And please make sure the White House intern who posted this tweet registers for Econ 101 for the fall semester. (laughs) That, my friends, is how you respond to an idiot. (laughs) To an idiot like Joseph R. Biden. Uh, Let's go to uh, Avon Lake. James, thank you for waiting. You're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead, sir. Hi. uh, Good morning, Bob. Good morning, James. Let's pull back. Let's let's look. Uh, let's pull back and look at this all big picture wise. Okay, if you look at the border, you look at this war on energy. Uh, you look at all these different things. All it is is death of America by a thousand cuts. Uh, continue. All right. So, right now, what are we? We are all frogs in the pot, waiting for the water to boil. And we got to decide whether we're going to jump out or whether we're going to boil. And okay. I really don't think there are going to be any, uh, I don't think there are going to be any elections this year. Because really? as, Rush, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, you have to remember the purpose of the Democrats. Whenever it comes to elections, they either, they want to get it to a point where they invalidate them totally and say, well, let's just not have them anymore. They've been working at that for 40 years. Okay, um, kind of some mixed metaphors there with the death by a thousand cuts to the frog in the boiling pot. <laughs> but you're right. I do understand the point you're making, and let me respond to it th- this way. And thank you for the call, James. Um, the death by a thousand cuts is the only way to bring down this country. And, of course, it has to come from within. From the outside, it would be more of a sieve being used rather than you know a scalpel when it comes to these cuts. And when we see somebody coming at us with a broadsword in such a way, uh, we are much more likely to circle the wagons and defend. But when the cuts come via scalpel from inside, um, it's it's a lot more 
what's the phrase I want to use here? It's a lot more efficient, I suppose, and it's a lot more lethal. Because when it's kind of like, and again, I know this is kind of going to kind of be gruesome, but since he brought up the death by a thousand cuts thing, I'm just I'm pondering that. If you get your leg cut off, you're going to freak. If you get a paper cut, or if you cut part of your finger off the way I did a few weeks ago with a <laughs> with a box cutter uh, in an accident, if you do things that are small, you're like, oh, that 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 stung. Oh, ow, that hurt. Ooh, but they don't send you into freakout mode, and you just kind of, you kind of just ignore them. When you have a massive gaping wound, you have no choice but to address it. You can't ignore it. So he's right, and the thousand cuts coming from within, a little bit on the Second Amendment, a little bit of censorship and take away a little bit of the First Amendment, and a little bit of government overreach uh, and elimination of the Fourth Amendment. Search and seizure because somebody declared you a domestic terrorist because you spoke up at a school board meeting, just as an example here, so they can come to your home, go and start looking into your life. You start taking little pieces apart, a little bit higher gas prices, a little bit higher food prices, a little bit higher home prices, a little bit higher automobile prices. You start doing a little by little by little by little to the point where people, oh, that's done. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that, that was uncomfortable. But you don't realize that you are now bleeding out, not from one gaping wound. And again, please forgive the imagery here. I'm just following the man's, uh, James's, uh, uh, you know, wording here, but in his metaphor. But if you're bleeding out from a gaping wound, you want to immediately address it. If you're bleeding out from a whole bunch of different places, none of which are enough to cause you serious alarm, suddenly the body dies and you didn't even realize what was happening. That is what is happening. He's not wrong. And the question is, is at what point do we stop those from happening? What point do we stand up against each of those little um, forays into the removal of our rights? These little tiny paper cut types of attacks on our liberty and our independence. At what point do we say, I'm not going to let that one bleed anymore, and we stanch that off? At what point do we rise up and say each of these little wounds is just as dangerous as a big wound when they are taken uh, in the collective, when they are taken all together? So, again, sorry for the graphic metaphor, but I think he was on to it there, and I think he's right. And all of these, thing, these things are happening, and they're happening with the willing assent of the people. And when I say assent, I mean they are in agreement with allowing all of this. If they weren't, they would rise up on social media. They would stop using social media. They would stop allowing the legacy media to get away with this. They would fight back against it, but instead they nod along. In in large part, well, let me rephrase, in some part because they don't know any better, and in large part because they do, and they they are part of it. They don't like this capitalist nation. They don't like this uh, free republic. They don't like free elections. They want control and nothing but. And that's what they even articulate, too, until, of course, they end up in a Russian jail for smoking pot. And then they scream, oh, save me, Mr. President. Save me, Mr. President. I want to come back to the United States. I won't kneel for the anthem anymore. I won't kneel. I won't criticize. I won't condemn. I like it. And, and, and you know, I hate to use this, but... It's an overused cliche as well, but it's a real one, too. You never really know how much you love something, or someone in many cases, until it's gone or until they're gone. 
take away the liberty and the freedom of the United States by getting locked in a Russian prison and then complain about, oh my goodness, I didn't know how good I had it. That is what we're all going to be doing if we don't step up and, and stop this and fight this. And I mean now. And I mean now. Every one of those little things that they're doing to take apart our rights and take apart our country as a part of the fundamental transformation Barack Obama promised slashed threatened. And it was both, a threat and a promise. Uh, every single one of those things is going to take us down if we don't stop if we don't stop it now. All right, that's it. Uh, thank you so much to uh, my guest, Neil McCabe, and to J.D. Vance. If you missed the interview with J.D. Vance, it'll be up here in about two minutes at alwaysright.us, alwaysright.us. I uh, appreciate you being here. Dr. Everett Piper will join us tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Have a great day, and let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.